The regular season has come to an end and Molly's airline miles will be pretty (laughs) empty because you're crossing the tunnel and headed to Newark for game one on Tuesday. It's Rangers Devils, the seventh time, Molly, they will play each other. I know you're hyped up at least for the lack of travel, but also what should be a spicy first round matchup. Yeah, I mean, everybody getting to sleep in their own beds aside, this is going to be an awesome series. I really, I can just feel it in my bones. I feel like it's going six, it's going seven, a lot of high scoring games. Um, I could just feel it. And I think that this is the kind of series where, dare I say, stars are born. So uh, we'll see how that ends up unfolding. No Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga in this series, but a whole lot of stars, some good goaltending, and should be a great matchup. We will preview that series with, of course, the great Larry Brooks, and we'll put a bow on the Rangers' regular season. Who is the team MVP? Who is the most improved player? We'll give out our awards for the season and look ahead to the Stanley Cup playoffs. It's all coming up next on Up in the Blue Seats from the New York Post. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back to Up in the Blue Seats, our New York Rangers podcast from the New York Post. I am Jake Brown alongside Rangers beat writer at the Post, Molly Walker. Our Hall of Famer, Larry Brooks, will join us in just a few minutes. The regular season has come to an end, Molly. Finally, I feel like sometimes it could drag on. We already knew the results. This time we had to wait till the final night to confirm that we would get the matchup we all hope for. Rangers, Devils, the Battle of the Hudson, it's on the seventh time these two take on each other in the playoffs. All six came in the Marty Brodeur era. This is the first one in the Igor Shesterkin era here as we look forward to a matchup where the Devils kind of, in some ways, dominated three out of four, but all close games, 2-1, 4-3 in a shootout, 4-3 in overtime, and 5-3. So the Devils got the best of the Rangers, but all were tight, and we expect the same. Let's first put the bow on the season, Molly, before we look ahead to this matchup. You know, seven Rangers played all 82 games. Some of these guys are probably gassed. They might have to be ready for another 28, maybe a full 110 for some of these guys, which is insane when you think about playing 110 hockey games in a year. But they're coming in with a couple of days off. They'll play game one Tuesday, so they'll get a little rest here. But because of the cap, and, and you wrote about it, Larry wrote about it, they couldn't really afford to call up guys and have other players play just for cap situations. So, you know, kind of put a bow on this regular season for us. What do you think of the end? And uh, obviously the Rangers lose Thursday, but it didn't really matter. But put a bow on the regular season for us, Molly. Yeah, I mean, I think it got off to a slower start that anybody expected, including the Rangers. But I think that just goes back to everybody just kind of having their blinders on. It's difficult for a team to admit, but I feel like it's such a common circumstance to come off a long playoff run like the Rangers did and then just be dropped in game one of 82 and and looking at it as such a uphill battle. I mean, who can blame anybody for being, it's like such a daunting situation, you know? So I feel like 
They were able to turn it around. Everybody likes to cite that infamous Jacob Truba game, throwing the helmet, telling the bench to wake the F up. It definitely was nothing short of entertaining, but the Rangers got back to where they needed to. They took care of business when they needed to. They had a really hot streak in the middle of the season to get to where they are now. So I think that they were able to do what they had to do. And now that they're here, I expect a different level to be unlocked, especially with the additions of Vladimir Tarasenko and Patrick Kane. I mean, if we're going to look back on these this lineup and think that this was probably one of the Rangers' best chances to win the Stanley Cup, on paper, of course. Was the turning point that Monday versus the Blues, I always look back to that in December where, you know, Gallant's on the hot seat, they lose a few more, maybe he gets canned. Or was it when they got Tarasenko and that was like, all right, we're all in? Or was it when they got Kane? Do you look at one of those as the kind of turning points of this year? No, I definitely, I think you're right about the Blues game. I think that after Truba's reaction on the ice kind of snapped the Rangers out of it a little bit. And they still were having some struggles in the few games after that Chicago game. But it was pretty shortly after that that they started playing to their strengths and to an identity. It kind of felt like they lost their identity a little bit in the beginning of the season, but that turned around right around around that Blues game, like you said. So if I had to say a turning point, it was definitely that stretch there because they went on an absolute tear after that. And it was because of that stretch that they were able to you know, power themselves back into the front of the Metropolitan Division, which which was and ended up being so crucial for them just because of how the the division unfolded in general this season. It was super tight, super, you know, no room for error. So that was a crucial part of the season for the Rangers. Absolutely. Do you have a grade? Give us your Rangers, you know, regular season report card grade. They finished just a few points uh, worse than last year, 110 last year, 107 this year, 52 wins last year, 47 this year. So a bit of a drop off, but a similar playoff position. What's Professor Walker give the Rangers this year? I feel like if the Rangers were an A last season, which I would I say confidently, probably an A minus this season. You know, just a bit of the slow start and clearly looking ahead when they probably shouldn't have been. But again, that's they're only human. You know, that's just gonna come with the territory. I feel, but probably an A minus. Also, just because of even after they got Kane and Tarasenko, it felt like it did take them a little while to get acclimated and to start playing more of a team game again. But I, I am pretty confident that they have figured that out and have worked out all the kinks um, going into this playoff series with, with the Devils. So I would probably probably give their season this year uh, an A minus. I'll, I'll agree with an A minus. I didn't see too many A minuses when college came around, but <laughs> I was I was more of a C plus student. But the Rangers were far better than a C plus. All right, let's give out our A plus. Let's give out our Rangers team MVP for the season. Who is it? Mika Zibanejad. I mean, we we voted on it as uh, the Rangers PHWA chapter, but. I feel like Mika really, I mean, he's been coming into his own. I feel like that's such a a phrase that we throw around for young guys, but he really was at the top of his game at a very consistent pace this entire season. Just consistent production, consistent performances on the defensive side of the puck as well. I feel like we always talk about how underrated that part of his game is. And he really has just been, Igor was probably the backbone of the Rangers last season. I'd go as far to say Mika Zibanejad was the backbone of the Rangers this season, just in terms of his consistency, 
bringing the same thing each and every night and, and being a guy that uh, the rest of the team can look after as a, as a role model of how they want to be playing. So easy answer for, for me because Benichat is the team MVP this season. Can't deny that 39 goals, 91 points, not too shabby. All right. Who's the Rangers most improved player this year? This is kind of a tough one. I want to say Capo Caco, especially if we're taking into consideration where he ended last season, which was in the press box during game six, watching the Rangers. So I think that it was a pretty nice turnaround for him this season. You know, you got Filipinos right there. Filipinos ascension just kept going straight up from the playoffs. But I feel like in terms of all around game and all around noticeability on the ice, I feel like Capo Caco really was much more positively noticeable this season than any other of his seasons in New York. So I would probably go with Capo Caco, but obviously Heedle's right there. Even Alexi Lafreniere is right there. They they all uh, took some took some strides this season. Igor's been a little pedestrian, which pedestrian for him is still good. Do you think he steps it up here going to this devil series, going to the playoffs? You know, he was great in the playoffs last year. He has to, I feel like, or, you know, this Rangers team will ride or die with him. Absolutely. And I think that what Igor went through last playoffs will serve him greatly this time around going into Pittsburgh and getting tormented the way that he did and and him admitting that it did have a bit of an impact on him. I think he's ready for that now. This time around, I think that he knows it's coming, is expecting it. And that'll be something that'll that'll really help him settle into the playoffs. Well, it'll help him settle, too, that in New Jersey, there's going to be a ton of Rangers fans. So there's not going to be any Igor heckling going on in his own, basically, home arena part two, you know? That is very true. That is absolutely very true. That's probably a unique layer to this entire series is that both arenas are going to be filled with both fans. It's going to be lots of blue, lots of red. Uh, so I think that that's definitely another layer to it, but yeah, I definitely expect Igor to, uh, stay at the level that he's been at in recent games, uh, for the playoffs, because I just know the expectations that he holds himself to and the standards and, um, all that jazz. So I think it'll be good. Yeah. I mean, there's a chance these first two rounds, I know it's your heaven that it's local and local two times in a row, which means two months. In your own bed, a little Long Island Railroad action, Woo-hoo! a little New Jersey transit action, a little Larry Brooks <laughs> carpool karaoke action. So yep. it, it could be a lot of local. So I know Rangers writers for Islanders uh, is coming when they go up against the Hurricanes, which, you know, there are a lot of experts who are picking the Islanders. They think they match up well with them. So, hey, uh, you might I am also I am also picking the Islanders. I am. And not just because I'm manifesting a series on Long Island as great as that would be. But I think that. I think that the Hurricanes showed that they're vulnerable in this last stretch of the season. They were not spectacular. They do not look like they're at the top of their game like a lot of the other teams in the East right now coming into the playoffs. So I think that of all the playoff series in the East, the Hurricanes are probably at the most risk of getting upset by the Islanders because as we've seen in the past, once the Islanders get into the playoffs, man, they're built for it. They are built for the grind. Injury wise, you know, they are they're ready for it They're uh, And after the debacle of last season, I think that they're even more uh, motivated this time around in the playoffs. All right. You're picking the Islanders. So before Larry comes on, are you picking the Rangers? (laughs) Give us your series breakdown and prediction before Larry jumps on. I am. I I think it's Rangers in six or seven. I do. um, I wrote about it today that I don't think that 
the Rangers edge in playoff experience will necessarily mean anything unless they play to it, unless they act like the seasoned, the more seasoned team out there. And I think that'll be a huge thing for them to kind of squander the exuberance that is this young Devils team, which they did add some playoff experience uh, over their transactions this season and, and going into this season. But I do think that the Rangers or just have a more seasoned group um and that should it should mean something they should be able to play to that so i am going rangers in six or seven but i think it'll be a really good series i do think it i think it'll really come down to the wire and like i said a lot of high scoring affairs i am i'm anticipating there's gonna be a lot of open ice there (laughs) i expect a few potential double overtime games Mm -hmm. and some long nights for you ahead (laughs) And of course, they're probably going to come on the eve of a podcast after I guarantee game two goes like seven overtimes and at 4 a.m. we're recording and you're, and you're still on the Jersey Turnpike. Uh, so I'm going to take Rangers in seven as well. I think they close it out on the road and you have Devils fans pumping Rangers fans gas on the way home in celebration of a win. All right. Larry Brooks will join us next to break down this series and make his pick on up in the blue seats. It's a rivalry here right across the river. and um, It's a tough opponent. They, they've had a really good regular season. Uh, it's been tight games against them. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I think the, the crowd and the, the history with the fans and everything, I think in terms of that, I think that adds to it as well. Um, and obviously it's it's a team that we've been uh, battling with and you know, far away from them in the standings and got closer and uh, again, had some tough games against them. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's going to be exciting. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Up in the blue seats, Jake Brown and Molly Walker with the great Larry Brooks, NYP underscore Brooksy on Twitter. Larry, we got what we wanted. Easy pass is paid for. You're making the trip to Newark for two. Uh, how excited for you this series? The first Martin Broderless Rangers Devils playoff matchup. Yeah, I, I'm. Uh, look, this is something I think we've been anticipating for weeks, maybe even months. You know, these, these you know, Ranger Devils, Rangers Islanders are special. And when you when you get one of these in the postseason, haven't had one for a while, it's something to savor. I, I think it's going to be exciting hockey. I think it's going to be a terrific series. I think it's going to be a real competitive series. There are big time players on both sides, marquee players on both sides uh, that play an exciting uh, style. Both teams do. Should, it, honestly, it should just be a terrific uh, best of seven. 
and you've seen the last, you've seen five of the last six times that they've squared off in the playoffs. So what kind of moments stand out to you? What were some of your favorite storylines of each of those playoff series? Just what are you, what are your, what's your Mount Rushmore of Rangers devils playoff moments that you have, that you've covered? Well, you know, you start with uh, Howie Rose. Yeah. <laughs> uh, our, our guy. Look, the, the, the 94 conference finals may have been the best, best of seven in NHL history. It's right. You know, um, the 71 Chicago Montreal final was, was a great, great series. Uh, the Blackhawks and Kings played a conference final in either 14 or 15, I think 14 that was right there, but the drama of, of the, uh, of the, you know, the will win tonight series followed by Matteau. It, it was, it was, you know, and I have said, uh, I've written this now for 29 years. It was an epochal series. Uh, everything, you know, we had Mike Keenan flipping out, benching Brian Beach in the middle of the series. The Devils taking the 3-2 lead. The Devils going up 2-0 in game six when Messier had guaranteed it. Um, Mike Richter's heroics. Uh, yeah, honestly, you could talk. I could go on and on and on because... You know, Please do. We can listen yeah. to you go on and on and on. Uh, you know, Stefan Riche scoring um, in, uh, in in to win game one in overtime. I mean, you know, and then you know, you just had Matteau scoring another overtime goal earlier in the series. It, it was just a, a great series, a lot of drama. Uh, you know, the Rangers, of course, with Mike Keenan, uh, had gone all in for that season. Had they had, had they lost? that series that, you know, there would have been an upheaval at the garden. Um, and who knows how Mark Messier would have been remembered. Honestly, um, you guarantee victory, you better win. And, and they did, you know, and, and, you know, with him getting a hat trick in the third period, but, and then game seven, two nights later, where you expect the devils to be demoralized. It was, it was as, as well a played high stakes game, high stakes game as I've ever seen. You know, it was one one devils tied devils tied it with seven point seven seconds remaining and and what was so interesting about that is how is how on point they were how Lemaire just kept rolling his lines in the third period you know they're down one nothing and you know they're facing elimination and here came the fourth line here came the crash line here came the third line. I mean they just rolled it and rolled it and rolled it and you know they tied it with seven point seven seconds remaining so you know, that's, you know, I mean, that's a route Mount Rushmore all in itself. 2012, it's over. Um, here were the Rangers marching on their way to the Stanley Cup final. And here were the Devils and Brodeur 18 years after suffering the gut punch in, in 1994. Here is Brodeur. I think he was 39 then. Beating Henrik Lundqvist at his peak you know, beating Vezina winning Henrik Lundqvist and the Rangers. You know, the Rangers had played two seven-game series before that. Contrary to John Tortorella's proclamations, they were tired. <laughs> Mattered that it took them 14 games to get to the Devils. And I think New Jersey had a six and a uh six and a five or a six and a six. I think six and a five actually. So, you know, they were they were rested. The the you know the Rangers had started cutting their bench down and in, in, you know, basically in game one of the first round. So they were a top team and, but they took a two, one lead in the, in, in the series. And it seemed 
you know, things were under control, but the Devils, once the Devils won the fourth game, they game five at the Garden, you know, it was, it was a cacophony and, and the Devils wound up winning it on a goal by fourth line of Ryan Carter late in the third period to break a tie. And then, of course, uh, game six. Game six was so eerily similar to the game six in 94, where the Rangers had taken a 2 nothing lead, and, and or the, the Devils had taken a 2 nothing lead, and the Rangers came back. And, and in this game, too, the, you know, it was 2 nothing come back. The, the, this time, the Rangers came back, and um, there was just shock in the Rangers' locker room when it was over. So those are the two. The 0-6 one, Lundquist rookie season, a spectacular season for the Rangers. They had been projected as a lottery team, and then Yager had an all-time season. Yager and uh, and and you know and Hank's rookie season, and but Yager just carried carried the team, and it was it was is it's actually with nineteen the nineteen seventy eight seventy nine team that's probably my favorite team the Ranger team to cover. Um, there was so much personality, so much charisma. Being around Yager that year was a treat, and you know getting you know getting to know Yager and talk. I mean the, the number you know. The, the thousands of questions and the thousands of conversations we had. And, uh, uh, but they, you know, but they were in first place almost all year. And then, and then they, they, they just ran out of gas. Lundquist was hurt. He had, I, I think, uh, a lower body issue or a core issue, but I think even more damaging was he was going through migraines. And so uh, they got swept yeah, in the first game. Um, they gave up, I believe, either, I think they gave up five power play goals, five or six levels. So, I mean, this was a big time Devils team. Uh, they had they had everybody except for Scott Stevens, and which is a major person to be without. But they, you know, they had they had all their guys, and and Patrick Elias was at his peak. And so the game game one is is a blowout. It's it's Hank's first uh, playoff game, and toward the end of the game, for whatever reason, Yager took a punch at Scott Gomez. He just threw a right hand at, at Scott Gomez for whatever reason, may, maybe you know, portending the, the, their relationship later on when they were teammates. But and he uh, suffered either a separate separated shoulder and and you know it was, you know he was he was he played a couple of more games in the series, but he was done. Lundqvist was uh, benched for game two. He didn't play game two. Uh, Kevin Weeks played. And, and the Rangers just were swept. You know, they they were out of their element by by that point. Um, but it didn't. You know, it was one of those series where one of those outcomes where where it didn't sully at all the regular season. It was just such a good regular season. It was the first time the Rangers had been in the playoffs since 1997. So you know, the first round sweep was just a first round sweep, and it, and it really served as a building block. 97 was interesting uh, because that was the year the Rangers had Messier and Gretzky. I'm telling you, those two guys not only intimidated the Devils, who had finished in first place, but intimidated the officials. And that was that was one of the years that, you know, it was the, the foot in the crease, the skate in the crease thing. And any time there was a questionable call, remember, there, there was no, I, was there a replay? I guess there was. But any time there was a questionable call, either Gretz. <laughs> Or Messier would jump over the boards, <laughs> skate to the ref, and it was like waved off. Yeah, <laughs> and it was honestly there, you know. And um, New Jersey again—they had their team. They won the first game. The Devils won the first game at the Meadowlands, 
And this was another another example of Mike Richter's value. Uh, you know, he, he elevated his game in the big moments. You know, uh, he he did it for the Rangers. He did it for Team USA. But in that series, the um, the Devils were dominating the Rangers in Game Two at the Meadowlands. They just they couldn't score. And here comes Mark Messier going upside Doug Gilmore's head right in front of the Devils bench, which totally turned. I think you know maybe the shots at that point were you know, twenty-seven to four. I mean it was ridiculous. After that, the game switched. The Devils did not respond. It was right in front of their bench. I mean just. Messier sending a message. I'm I'm still Mark Messier. You're not. And uh, the series just spun out of control uh, for the Devils. After that, they never could get back into it. And 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 again, every time it it looked like they would, here came Gretz <laughs> over the boards. You know, and and, and you know, so and uh, the Rangers won that series in five. They won it on Adam Graves scored an overtime goal. A little a little wraparound. It was it was interesting because. Later on, I think it was before the 08 series, maybe, or maybe it was before the 0- yeah, I guess it was 08 or, or maybe it was 06. Tom Rennie, like uh, when he was Ranger coach, talked about how Brodeur maybe was a little bit vulnerable in plays tight around the net. And, you know, going back to Matteau, where I think it actually went in off of Slava Fatisov. So, and then the Graves, the Graves goal was a, was a little wraparound. So, but you know, they, that was not, <laughs> Marty was not very vulnerable. Um, that was 97. That was 06. 08, the Rangers won their first, that, that was the year they played eight times in the division. The Rangers won the first seven. They went into the Meadowlands on the final, or it was at Prudential Center. It was the first year at Prudential Center. So they, they go into Prudential Center in the final game of the season. If, if they had won that game, they would have gotten home ice. They were third. The Devils were second. If the Rangers had won that game, they would have had home ice in regulation. So late in the game, it was tied, and the Rangers actually pulled Lundquist to try and get the win. They didn't. They went into overtime. They lost the game. So the Devils had home ice. It, it didn't matter. The, the That was the Avery Brodeur series where, where where Avery, it was the, you know, the birth of the Avery rule, Avery, and uh, Fatso, and, and you know, uh, calling him Fatso, and and uh, Brodeur refusing to shake uh, Avery's hand at the, you know at the end of the series. But the Rangers won all three games in New Jersey, and it was it, again it was the first year at Prudential Center, and it sounded like Madison Square Garden West. Honestly, and, you know, and and this will be an interesting. Uh, it will be interesting to see what the what the fan breakdown is in New Jersey during this series, because in that one, honestly, you, you could have closed, you know, you could have closed your eyes. You would have thought you were at the garden. Avery had a terrific series. Gomez now playing for the Rangers had a really good series. And so did Yager. And you know, it, it was, it, you know, the devils did not play well. The Rangers took them out in, in, in five and then we got to 12. So those are, you know, those are, some, some some of the memories I really could talk for like your your memory is remarkable. You just remember it's, like every oh, moment. <laughs> you you have no idea, Jake. You have no idea what nobody nobody listening to this podcast. I mean, unless you've been reading Larry like for a while, 
understands how unbelievable Larry's memory is. It's like the craziest thing that I've ever experienced in my entire life. It's so impressive. I recall each game, like game no, two in 98. Forget, I don't remember what I had for lunch yesterday. And you're Forget recall- the games. Forget the games. <laughs> he remembers the way the goals were scored. That's like what absolutely blows my mind. It's so impressive. I'm like you, Jake. I could not tell you what I had for breakfast yesterday I, or even earlier today. I, I Like, I just don't have that kind of memory. It's it's absurd, but it's what a pleasure it is to listen to, seriously. But, I mean, we've talked to, we've mentioned it on, on this show a couple times already. First, ser- first series without Brodor. First one without Lundqvist in a while. So, I mean, no matter what, goaltending is always amazing major storyline and and on paper Igor Shosturkin has the edge over Vitek Vanacek but Vanacek has had a a really really good season in New Jersey I'm just curious how you see the the goalie storyline playing into this series and uh I guess how much it'll matter well it's always a bottom line I think the Rangers should be encouraged by the way Shosturkin has played over the last month I thought his first you know four months or so were really pedestrian you know it it wasn't that he wasn't playing up to last year's level it was that he you know he was a pretty average goalie he was giving up a you know he was giving up a lot of marginal goals but that he has shut that down and he has looked as sharp as he's ever been over the last you know three four weeks what you know wherever you go back to to the cutoff um so i i think that's a large advantage for the rangers i i respect vanacek he's played exceptionally well um, you know, he, he doesn't give up very many freebies. And that's uh, been the devil's issue for yeah. a pretty long time. So the fact right. that it they were able been, right. to take it care of been, that. Yeah, it really their goaltending really undermined them the last couple of years. It, it, it made it very difficult to appreciate the progress they might have been making because because their goaltending just wasn't good enough. Their goaltending is good enough now. And, and you know, th- this is going to be a series, I think, where there are a lot of scoring chances. I think that the Rangers go in with an edge on paper, but the game's played on the ice. Um, I don't expect Shesterkin to give up too much, but it'll be on the Rangers to get to the net, score some dirty goals, take uh, Vanacek's eyes away because, you know, they're not going to beat him from 40 feet. All right. So then here we'll go into this um, and I'll, I'll answer first. Players to watch on both teams one player on each team. For me, I'm going to go with Jack Hughes for the Devils. Just can't wait to see that kid on a playoff stage. And this might be a hot take, but I'm going to go Patrick Kane for the Rangers. I think that it's going to be a different level for Patrick Kane once the playoffs begin. I genuinely think that it was an active decision not to overexert himself this at the end of the regular season here, whatever the severity of his hip issue might be, I think he has been holding back a little bit because he was brought to New York for the playoffs. So I'm going to go with Patrick Kane for the Rangers and Jack Hughes for the Devils. Larry, what say you? Am I am I allowed to? Or am I, <laughs> You're, you can pick the same players. Yeah, if you pick the same. No, okay. I'd be, I'd well, be honored. Hughes. Well, Hughes, of course. Yeah, I know. You know That's I, a no-brainer. Jack Hughes is... The most compelling story here. I mean, you know, he's he's really one of my favorite players to watch in the in the league. It's only a coincidence that my grandson wears eighty six. 
<laughs> not not impacting that decision at all. No bias here. And is his idol when he when he scores during the season, guys yell out Jack Hughes, Jack Hughes. <laughs> you better tell Jack Hughes that when you when you get in there. <laughs> but um, Scott. Um, <laughs> but look, I, I you know he's an electrifying player. He you know he just is. You know he you know he's. Uh, He's an elite player in his fourth year. I'm interested to to see Dawson Mercer for the Devils, but you know, you know, my one would be Hughes. Yeah, I mean, I, I, Kane is 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 a Kane is right there. Um, but I will I I'll say that I'm 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 interested to see what Philip Heedle does in this series because I think in a lot of ways the Rangers' third line could be determinative. I think you know I think the kids I think they have an edge on their third line. I think I mean the Devils have. The Devils and Rangers, if you want to start, you know, matching up the top six, which I haven't really haven't done yet, but it seems pretty equivalent to me. Um, I, I think the Devils have more speed, um, but the Rangers, when they get going, you know, move the puck as well as anybody. And the interesting part of this is that the Devils are are the young team, and the Rangers are the experienced team. They are. I mean, you know, when, when you they have they have loaded up on veterans and accept. Not on D. Their D is young, you know, but up front, other than the kids, there is no forward younger than 28 on this team. So this is an experienced team. You know, they're, they're three rounds last year, you know, serves as, as backdrop for what they do this year. So, I, But I do think the top six kind of cancel each other out. You know, we'll see which, you know, which team gains the advantage there. But I really like I, I like the Rangers third line, and you know, so I'm I'm interested to see if if Philip Heedle he took a step in the playoffs last year, he took a step from the playoffs to this regular season. Now, you know, I'm expecting him to take another step, to take a step from the regular season up, and I and I and I think too, I think I think the way Kako ended this season was really impressive. You know, he won- 18 goals, which, you know, which is not, you know, I said, uh, I'm curious to hear your take. I said, I thought he was the most improved player. Yeah. I, I, you know, I think that's a pretty good, right. Pretty good insight. Um, (laughs) Yeah. No, no, it's it's, 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 it's pretty good. Yeah. Oh, but I'm, I'm, uh, I'll be watching Heedle to see if he can dominate ships with that, because that line also really is the only one that really grinds. You know, they do. They they get the puck in. They you know they work it. They, you know they're they're dangerous in open ice, but they also, you know, their template. If if they don't have a, you know an an obvious odd man rush opportunity, they'll just dump it in and yeah, they'll and, and grind it. along the boards. Right, and when and, and you know when Kako has it, it's it's tough to you know it's tough to 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 displace him. It's, you know he's just got to get to the net. You know, um. So, but. I agree with you about being very, very curious about Patrick Kane's game because he made really almost no impact during the regular season. Almost none. So we'll see. I'd even throw Artemi Panarin's playoff redemption arc into that conversation as well as another player that I'm very excited to see in the playoffs. But on to prediction, I just said, I think Rangers in six or seven. What's your final word? Yeah, I, you know what? I, I prefer to. <laughs> I know I would prefer to defer until <laughs> I, I write it because. Fair, I, fair. You know, I. We are a print first publication. Yeah, I, 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 I would, 
prefer to defer that because mm -hmm. I, I think it can go either way. Definitely can. I think it's important for the Rangers. I, listen, I, I know they obviously fell behind 3-1 to Pittsburgh last year and won. They lost the first two in Carolina, came back and won. Yeah, I don't know uh, if they'll be able to get away you know, with Tampa, that. Tampa, you know, Tampa lost the first two to the Rangers, came back and won. So, you know, losing the first two on the road does not automatically, you know, spell doom. Um, but I think it's I think it's important for the Rangers to put some doubt into the devil's minds quickly, because this is a team that seems to me just to, you know, to, to, you know, always be looking like they're having a great time. You know, they I, I think they are just pumped for this. I think the Rangers are a very businesslike operation. Not that they don't play with emotion, but they're, you know, to me, they're, you know, they're a veteran business-like button-down operation. And from the outside, the Devils look like, you know, they're they're just in a brilliant group. They can't wait to start this. They had a great time during the regular season. Nothing would be better, you know, other than winning the cup, obviously, than knocking off the Rangers. Um, so I think it's important for the Rangers to put some doubt to 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 stop to stop the Devils quickly um, before they can gain a lot of momentum and a lot of belief. And I think it's important for the Rangers to win one of the first two. All right. Well, you'll read the prediction in the New York Post and at nypost.com. Larry, thanks for coming on. And we'll talk to you after game two, after your uh, quick ride home back to New York. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Well, it has a meaning for everybody. It's not easy to make the playoffs anymore, as we find out every year. I mean, we've got 100 and some points, and it was a battle. And it was a battle this year. It didn't start off great for a team, but we found ways to win hockey games and play hard and compete. So definitely means a lot for Jimmy, but it means a lot for everybody in that room. You know, we had a great experience last year. We didn't finish off what we wanted to do, but we get another chance this year. So hopefully it'll go well, and uh, everybody will buy in, and uh, we'll have a good run again. All right, Molly, I hope everyone's all pumped up now for the series after hearing from you and Larry and hearing our predictions, game one and two. We don't know when game three, four, five, six, seven are. Maybe they'll release a schedule at some point so people can plan their lives. But until then, we'll uh, we'll live in the first two. No, he knows. Probably right after we finish recording this podcast, it'll it's come out. Death taxes and untimely podcast news. It's a tale <laughs> as old as time here on Up in the Blue Seats. And that closes episode 121 of Up in the Blue Seats, our New York Rangers podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Andrew Hartz and the intern Josh Crawford for helping me out in producing this show all season. As we look ahead to playoff shows now, you can catch up on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts. And if you're watching this on the New York Post Sports YouTube, give us that thumbs up button and comment below your prediction on Rangers Devils. Who's wins and how many games will it go? Follow Molly on Twitter at Molly Walker. That's two E's, two R's, and follow me at Jake Brown Radio. This is going to be fun, Molly. I'm uh, I'm excited. I know you are again for the quick road trip with Larry. It's been a fun year. A couple of big trades, you know, a lot of ups and downs, a roller coaster ride. But now this is what we all love. Everyone talks about what's the best playoffs. Most people will say hockey because it feels like it's inevitable. This is going six. This is going seven. There's not going to be maybe any sweeps across the board. And that's what makes, you know, the NHL playoffs so great. I feel like everybody from fans and even the players have had their sights set on the playoffs since the very beginning of the season. So I feel like we've been working towards this for quite some time. 
time. So I'm sure everybody's very excited to just get the ball rolling here. Well, we will have you covered all playoffs long, however long it goes. We should be dropping an episode after every two games. So after game two, we'll come at you. Another rare Friday show. Uh, unfortunate timing, but every two games, we'll drop a show. And then, of course, if it's after a game five series ends, we'll have the show and hopefully looking forward to a second round Ranger playoff matchup. We will talk to you after game two next week. Thanks, everybody, for listening to Up in the Blue Seats and enjoy games one and two.